Welcome back to the Live AD 33 podcast. I'm your host, George Hellowa. Now with me today is my good friend, Jamie, Jamie Cluck. Hi, Jamie. Hola. Hola. And we are coming to you live from Studio 1A here in the uh, lovely Southern California. And we are, uh, we're excited. We're, we're going to try something new with the podcast today. And we're going to we're gonna dive into a question. We're going to dive into some discussion and, and have a conversation. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this go, <laughs> goes somewhere. And I don't Hopefully. know if we'll I don't see. land, but we're going to find it out. But we're glad you're joining us, and we hope you're going to be blessed by this. And so I wanted to talk today about this idea. You know, well, first of all, Jamie, before we dive into this, maybe people should know who you are. I mean, I am a pastor. I work here at a church in Southern California and get the opportunity to work with young adults. You know, we met through that group, but we've become good friends. And so, um, so w- w- besides hanging out with me and playing Smash Brothers, what what do you do? Like, who are you? Well, that's pretty much it, really. Uh, I'm not a very complicated person. No. Uh, so originally I'm from Oklahoma. I was born and raised, well, I was raised there. I was born in North Carolina, but uh, I was raised in a very Christian family, very Christian home. Um, I have the blessing of a brother who is 12 years older than I am. So it was. Per- tr- don't do, don't give me Moby Dick. I am born. Like, uh, oh, I'm not planning on it. You know, bring is... like the whole, bring it together. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> it was 1988, okay. and uh, <laughs> no, it was raining. Uh, no, but just to give you an idea, um, he was pretty merciless as well as as well as my family. Uh, whenever we were discussing ideas around the dinner table, so I was five, he was 17, and so I've been hearing a lot of ideas growing up my entire life, and then uh, having a lot of discussions based around Christianity and the Bible and how it comes to play in our life and then uh, moved here a few years ago for work and uh, have been going to Shadow Mountain, I guess, for about four years now, um, maybe a little bit more. And uh, got, that's how I got plugged in. So you're that's how I'm here. Me. So you're here before me. So at least four years. Yeah. So now here's here's fun facts. Fun facts you should know about Jamie. Uh, your job is... I'm an information security consultant. Uh-huh. I work in regulatory compliance. So, yeah. So cybersecurity. Yeah, cybersecurity. Do you speak Russian? Duh. Yes, Livaditya. And you have a degree in physics. Yeah, also true. Also, and you travel a lot. Yeah, a minor in Russian. Yeah, and I've been around the world a couple of times. Okay, uh, but not a spy. No. Let's just no. clarify right up front. No. You are not a spy. Sadly. 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 I tried. It didn't work out. You tried. It didn't work out. Yeah. They didn't take you. No. It's because of those summers you spent in the Ukraine. That's exactly it. Not suspicious at all. <laughs> so that's good, you yeah. know. But uh, you may or may not have changed your name. Cluck is a code word. <laughs> that's, yeah. he, so if you ever hear the dark web of the crazy chicken, we know it's actually... Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Jamie that Cluck. Was, that, that, was was your... my, that was my calling card. That was my uh, my alias. Crazy chicken. <laughs> that was your calling card. Wherever wherever he was, there Hello. was a chicken. We look for we look for crazy chicken here. Excellent. My Russian name was you know Dima Mikhailovich. So <laughs> the crazy chicken, the crazy chicken. It's terrifying that you know that. See, you know it. It's, you're not like <laughs> you always try to dispel the joke, except that it keep you keep like proving it. Well, you know, I so no, that was just a Russian name I, I just threw out. Yeah, that's, uh-huh, that's crazy, uh-huh. I don't know how to say crazy chicken. I'm sure you don't. Pollo loco. Also delicious. Sutikiris. So we oh, want to make sure this isn't one of these finish. podcasts where we spend 45 minutes talking about what we had for lunch, uh, <laughs> Chinese food, by the way. And, um, you know, and then people are like, what are they talking about? So uh, here in San Diego, we have this, uh, one of our icons is is, is, is Mount Soledad, mm. right? 
and is right in La Jolla. It's beautiful, and it's a at the top of this Mount Soledad, there's a cross, and the cross serves as a memorial. And there's a big kerfuffle. Years ago, they talked about um, people came along, and they didn't like the cross. And they said, oh, it's, you know, it's public land, it's separation of church and state. If you have this cross, then you're basically endorsing Christianity in San Diego, and, you know, we can't have that. I mean, yes, there's a, you know, a quarter mile away, there's a, several billion dollar edifice to Mormonism that looks like Space Mountain, but that cross was just out of bounds. Yeah. And uh, I have a warm place in my heart for that cross because that's where I proposed to my wife, so I always go back there. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that's good. Fun yeah. story. So we... Um, it was a crossroads in your life. It was a crossroads in my life. Anyway, so that... Ooh, I see what you did there. So <laughs> that was... Um, but what happened was is that people were like, no, this is a San Diego icon. This is a war memorial and people were all up in arms. They wanted to tear down the cross. And for San Diegans, it's, it was kind of like, don't, don't take our cross. So the, the long story short, what they did and what's happened multiple times in our country when this has come across is the land got donated to a private organization. So now the top of Mount Soledad is private land owned. It's, a, it's a, basically a World War II or Veterans Memorial, which is what it was originally designed for. And now they've put all these awesome um, memorial plaques all around there. And it's beautiful. They've developed it. And so that that solved the problem. This wasn't a cross on public land. This was a cross on private land serving as a war memorial. So the cross was saved. So now i tell you that story to tell you this story. Now, this has been going on for a while. The Supreme Court's going to deal with this case. And in Maryland, there is a cross. It's a World War I memorial. And it sits on a, basically an intersection in in Washington er, in Maryland, and in uh, it's the shape of a of a Protestant cross, and it's been there for you know since you know thirty twenties or thirties after World War One, and a group has come along, or they often do. It's the you know Atheists for America or something like that, and they they want it torn down because this cross, which is highly visible, it's like twenty feet tall or something, a giant concrete slab of a cross which is on a major intersection on public land is violating the separation of church and state. And we won't even discuss what that was really supposed to mean, Mm -hmm. but they, 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 they want it torn down because this cross is over representing Christianity, the expense, you know, you're assuming that everybody who fought in world war one and these 43 soldiers that honor are honored by this. were all Christians and da, 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 and on and on and on. And so, they want to have it torn down. And so this case is going all the way up to the Supreme Court. And, you know, 2017, Fox News reported on it, and they talked about um, that the federal court ruled that the Memorial Cross must be torn down. Okay? And so, of course, there was appeals. as there are, It's 40 feet tall. I'm sorry. It's called the Peace Cross. It's been up since 1925. It's funny what you can get when you look at the Internet. And uh, it was the American Humanist Association, and they wanted it torn down. And... So what has gone on with this is this idea that this thing needs to be torn down for the sake of separation of church and state. And in the article in Fox News, uh, it was giving an opinion article. And look, personally, I have no problem with the cross being there. There's so many other things. You know, after it's been there for, you know, almost 100 years. Almost 100 years, yeah. Yeah. It, n- now all of a sudden it's offensive because it's 2019. I get it. Or 2014 when this case went to, to bear. But the... Uh, the article ends, it's an opinion piece, and the article ends with this statement. He said this, he says, A militant group of atheists, agnostics, and free thinkers 
want to eradicate Christianity in the public marketplace. The only way to stop this evil scourge is for people of faith to stand together and fight back in the courts. That was the closing statement. That was that in the end's article right there. Mm-hmm. And um, now I'm, I'm I have no problem. You know, my mind goes to leave this on on make it private land, call it a day. Um, and it's been there so long. I think people are just used to seeing it. But I thought that was an interesting. I was trying to think about that that statement. You know, you've got these militant groups, these American Humanist Association. They want it torn down. But he says that the that the only way to stop the evil scourge is for people of faith to stand together, fight back in the courts. So I want to talk about today, you know, is that, do we agree or disagree with that statement? Because, I mean, is it our responsibility? Is it our responsibility to fight back? Is it our responsibility to fight back to the legal system? Um, is there a biblical precedent for this? And um, does this help or hinder the cause of Christ? So thoughts i mean what do you think i mean i know what i think but yeah 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 um so it's interesting because i think if you put the emphasis on the word only uh it makes it a pretty simple statement to agree disagree with like right is it the only this is the only way there are the what what was the statement again the only way to the only way to stop the evil scourge which sounds so like epic the evil scourge um is for people of faith to stand together and fight back in the courts Right. So I think if you take pretty much any of those words and then you, you stress that word over over all of them, uh, it makes it a pretty simple um, – if you highlight the word only in particular, it makes it pretty easy to, to say – to disagree with. Let me put it that way. Because uh, it doesn't have to be just people of faith, right? So other people that aren't of faith could also help with this, this scenario. Um, and furthermore, through the court system isn't the only way – that Christians should ever deal with something. We have prayer and supplication, and and uh, we have methods of reaching out to God and uh, asking for His help. And His help comes in multiple ways, not always just working through the legal system, though He does that occasionally. But a lot of times we see it in the softening of people's hearts or the opening of their minds. Um, and that's kind of where I would land on that, is the, the statement only way is what I disagree with. Uh, but if you're asking if we have the responsibility to, to fight this legally, like to, to step up and say, let's not let, let's not let this cross be removed. That's something that I could, I could agree with. I think that it's something we should be doing. Well, and I think it comes down to the idea, you know, we, you know, nobody wants to get bullied Mm -hmm. and we're in America. So really nobody should be bullied. And we're fortunate to live in a country where everyone has these protected rights. And, you know, we have a right, Christians might have a right to fight for the cross, and the humanists have a right to argue against it. Um, and it kind of, kind of that crossroads of where does where does your right to exist, exi- you know, come into contact with my right to exist, and that's when you get a collision, right? Two yeah. things can't occupy the same space. That's called a collision. Yeah. And so you you know it's hard for people of faith and atheists to exist in the same place and want the same things, and um, not get them because we're working opposite each other. I think I agree with that. I think the I, you know he says. I don't think that's the only way, and I think it's a little short-sighted, especially, in, like you said, in the reference of people of faith. Uh, I think that that should not be our go-to. And I think historically in the church, um, it hasn't been our go-to because the church, uh, the people of God just in general have been you know, marginalized. They've been uh, 
patronized, whatever you want to call it. They, they've been, they've been uh, persecuted. And, and, and I, there's not a lot of stories coming out about Christians being persecuted than like suing the government yeah. or suing their persecutors. Because I don't think, you know, we know we're going to suffer persecution. We know we're going to we're going to deal with this stuff. So when I say that, I, I guess what's asking what it makes me think of is that when you when we make comments like this, we start putting the legal system as our savior, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, you know what's you know what this is going to take. It's going to take us winning the. It's going to take us winning the Supreme Court. It's going to take us having the right judge. It's going to take us winning these battles and getting these precedents of law. But I think any Christian who's paying attention to history realizes that um, while having maybe a conservative majority in the Supreme Court, and I know I'm going to tread on some toes with this statement, there's been enough conservative appointees that have been voted with a towards the liberal side mm-hmm. that that's already shown to not be like a surefire bet to protect, you know, our right, as yeah. it were. So. Yeah, and I I think it's interesting because I don't think it always boils down to conservative versus liberal. Uh, I think that we like it to boil down to that because it's so easy. Um, this is kind of a sidetrack, you know, side commentary. But uh, I think that the, the frustrating part is that we have attached morality and our moral beliefs and our religious beliefs to certain parties when that might not be the case. Uh, because in some cases, we're... Uh, where the party line split is on how the nation should be run. And there's nothing morally wrong with wanting a, to run a country in a different way. Um, the, there's not. And I, I could come up with some examples, but really what I kind of want to question is the statement you made about, you know, we make it all about, we should be in the Senate. We should control the Senate. We should control the, uh, the house of representatives. We should have a Christian president. Um, and I'm curious what your thoughts are in terms of when looking at the Old Testament, we see God establishing godly rulers and godly kings and utilizing the government system at the time um, to help propitiate his will, if you will. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that that, that the fight we have today uh, to put in Christians or to, to, to or I, maybe not the fight, but the, the, the will we have today, the want that we have today to make Christians uh, our, represent- our representatives is in any way similar to Old Testament government systems? It's a good question. I think, and I think it plays in this whole bigger topic because, you know, the, the, so the, the Jews, you know, they begged God for a king. They couldn't just accept God as a king. They wanted, you know, they want, we wanted a king like everybody else. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and God straight up warned them is like, if, if I gave you a king, he's going to tax you. He's going to he's going to put your your sons and daughters into servitude. You know, he's going to take your land. Mm-hmm. You know, you know like, yeah, great. We want a king. And he's like, no you don't. Like, yeah, we do. Like, fine. Here you go. Here's King Saul. Yeah. And that give or take worked out. Didn't work out, you know, entirely the way they wanted, but he was tall, so he had that going for him. But the, you know, the funny thing is is that you know, we, we oftentimes think that the leadership is going to fix everything. And, I, and that's regardless of your political party. Yeah, this is true. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, I think in America we have a kind of a skewed perspective because we actually get to choose our leaders. And we get an option. And um, not everybody does. And so, but we're called as Christians to be uh, the best citizens, to submit to governments. 
you know, Paul wrote that in Romans 13 uh, when Nero was the emperor. He it's wasn't true. doing good things to Christians. Um, and, you know, you, people in Russia, people in China, people in North Korea, Christians in those countries don't get a say in their leader. But it does not absolve them of the Bible's mandate uh, to submit to the authorities who have been placed there. And so I think that, you know, we have to re- recognize, and I think part of the reason why is because the earthly kingdom of our lives is just that, the earthly kingdom. It's not what we're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but I think that the the Old Testament kings, you know, this desire for a leader, desire to represent us and is going to stand in the gap for us is it's all well and good, but, you know, over and over again, leaders are, you know, how many how many countries that were begun by revolution, you know, because they hated the leaders, mm-hmm. got somebody who was worse after the fact. Like, ah, oh, we want a revolution. We don't like our leadership, so we're going to do it. And now look, now look who we have. We've not we've not moved the ball. Forward. Oh, good. Now we're oppressed. Yay. Yeah. You know, um, and you can get into, you know, Russian history just for that. Yeah. You know, I mean, as bad as the... As bad as the uh, Romanovs. the Romanovs were, yeah, you know they were awful. But then they got the what was it the Lenin, the, the, and then Lenin. they got Stalin after that. Yeah, Lenin wasn't great, but then Stalin was just a nightmare. Right. So, but they want, but they got the revolution they wanted. They did. So, so I think we just need to be careful about that. And I think, but here's here's the kind of the takeaway for me is that uh, the Bible re, Bible constantly remind us one, uh, that we are called to pray. And we're even called to pray for those in authority and those in leaders. And they've been put there for uh, our protection and also for our discipline. But at the end of the day, you know, the Bible's gonna the Bible's gonna remind us that this whole thing about, you know, do we sue? Do we not sue? You know, do we just take it on the chin? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good question too. Jesus tells us to take it, you know, turn the other cheek. Is this a situation? Is this a situation we turn the other cheek on? Um, and some people are gonna be like, no. We never turn the other cheek, and some people are, you know, that's only if they literally hit us. <laughs> but if they tear down the, for me, like, if they tear down that cross, I don't, I won't look that as a as a defeat of Christianity. I'll look at that as defeat of history. I firmly believe that when we forget our history, we doom our future. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also know the Bible reminds us that we are supposed to be in Ephesians 6 to be strong in the Lord. In the strength of his might, we are supposed to put on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, let's say this is what the author of this article says. It's a scheme of the devil, right? Just, let's just assume for a second that. Yeah. You know, what did he say? He called it the uh, the evil scourge, you know. Mm-hmm. But he says, Jesus says, or not, I'm sorry, Paul says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. It, it just really seems like, you know, the, the battle we're fighting is not a battle on earth. You know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Yeah, but do you think, do you think that the spiritual, do you think that the spiritual battle that happens often uh, has, I guess, ripple effects in the, the physical world? So for instance, I think that like, uh, if they're like assuming that there is a spiritual world because it's something we both believe in, right? Um, I think it would make sense that if the spiritual battlefield are Christian souls, are human souls, and uh, there's a way to detract from that from by drawing their attention away, say, or by removing reminders, that would be a spiritual attack. And one way of 
defending that, I think, would be to keep those spiritual reminders up from a spiritual perspective, from a religious Christian perspective. Um, and I think that that would be one manner of fighting. Removing the Sistine Chapel, for instance, uh, you could have the same argument against the Sistine Chapel okay, or any, fair. any church. Fair. I think people would be up in arms if you tried because they would just say, oh, it's art, it's history, it's all these things. But then you could say, yeah, but it's a chapel, it's a church that's representing the you know the patriarchy it's the it's, you know it's the man it's the, all the oppression it's the crusades yeah, it's the crusades that's usually what it comes that's usually what it comes down to because everything's our fault because you know whatever. because 1200 years ago because 1200 years ago yeah although my 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 family may have fought on the other side 1200 years ago yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's possible. possible anyway the uh so the the, the but no that's and that you bring up a good point so i think that i think the bigger thing is is the outrage should be the fact that you know we're removing something that represents something positive Mm-hmm. you know and something good and and I, I guess coming back to this idea here it's like that is a way you fight legally that is a way you fight the battle yeah um but if you go into battle without the lord you're doomed to lose yeah okay i also think and this is this is related to i also think that some of the the frustration or outrage that christians may feel is because they had a tool uh at at their disposal and that tool is now being removed now I also tend to think it's like the like any tool set in the garage of somebody who's not a mechanic or doesn't consistently work on anything. Uh, it's a great tool and it's very useful, but it was largely uh, gathering dust. And so I think that mm. that's because that's something that I personally struggle with is whenever I see these awesome signs around like, oh, look, there's a giant cross on top of a mountain here in California. I, I typically don't use that as an opportunity to say it's and it it represents, you know, the death that our savior died and the the fact that it's empty represents that he rose again on the third day for our sins prime opportunity i don't use it and mm-hmm. i think a lot of people don't use it but i think when they see that it's gone they think oh my gosh we can totally use this but at the end of the day they don't use it currently i think that's related that's true you know the funny thing is is by the american humanists bringing this to light oh yeah people are like there's a cross there it's caused, See, there sure is a cross there. What yeah, do you know? It's brought more people to yeah, look at it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those things that, you, you know, nobody even noticed it because it was just always there, like the pile of laundry in your floor you step over. Like, <laughs> yeah. wait a second, what? So now, <laughs> yeah. so now you see it all. Yeah. Man, what's that? Well, no, we shouldn't take down that cross. You know, and you, you never really know. And and that's a good point. But I think that we um, – no, and I guess what I really want to come back to, just the, like you said at the beginning, it's this only thing. You know, I think about the Jews – you know, the Jews were told to go and invade, you know, the promised land mm-hmm. and they got their keisters handed to them at AI because they disobeyed God and they went in without the Lord. I mean, that was the battles that they didn't consult God on. They lost because they tried to do it on their own strength. And so I think in terms of the legal system and things like that, it's a world system. It's from the outset kind of stacked against us, mm-hmm. you know, unless you've got a really good lawyer, but they have good lawyers too. And, you know, if we go in, you know, battle belongs to the Lord. You know, the the, the fight is it's God's fight. And so if there's an evil scourge that needs to be wiped out, it's only going to be wiped out by the power of God. So I think that what I would say, I guess what I would say if there was any in any way to kind of maybe kind of bring this to a, to a close is that um, we have to remember that there's a spiritual battle that often takes place in the earthly realm. Mm-hmm. But the earthly battles if they're solely earthly battles, 
won't necessarily make a spiritual impact. You know, if we just fight them on the surface, you know, then we're losing the war. We can win a battle here, but lose the war because we're not fighting the real battle. Yes. Um, but if we're praying for the for the American humanists and we're praying for the judges and we're praying for changed hearts, you know, we're praying for the power of God and we're praying for the grace of God and the strength and the, and the mercy, more will come out of that than just winning a legal battle because there will always be another legal battle. There will always be something else to fight against. There will always be some other thing. And here's the thing. Let me give you a good example. Um, I think abortion sucks. Mm-hmm. I think we can agree on that. Um, I think it's an awful, awful thing. I think it's murder. Um, and it's legal. And there are people who are fighting against it. Without the states, they're, they're fighting against it. And it will probably make its way to the Supreme Court in the next decade, without a doubt. A good friend of mine uh, runs a uh, organization in Ohio that he's, uh, and I hope to get him on this podcast sometime, where he is, you know, they just passed a heartbeat bill in Ohio where if there's a heartbeat detected, yeah. and he was a big yeah. driving force behind that. And he's been interviewed on CNN. He's been called things. You know, it's he's, he's in the thick of it, you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, and But he is he's solid as a rock, and he's doing the legal battle. So I know that there's a place for that. I know there's a place where we need to address that. But at the end of the day, um, what needs to, it's not about legal or illegal. It's about changed hearts. Because I think I think some of these are the pro abortionist, the pro choice people are right. If you make it illegal, people will still get abortions. But they'll get abortions because there's sin, because there's evil, because people are wicked, because people will always find a way. Mm-hmm. Right? And they you know they'll give us all these cases, but I think I think that um, what really needs to happen is that people need to, but when it, when a person's heart has been changed by Jesus Christ, when their life has been transformed, their heart has been renewed, mm-hmm. you know, then their choices will change. You know, we talk about legislating morality. You can't legislate morality. And you can. You can make legal laws, legal I, moral laws. I would argue that all laws are legislating all morality. Laws, exactly. All laws are legislating morality. And so I agree with that. But, I mean, I've heard people say that. You can't legislate morality. Oh, yeah, some you, people say that. You yeah. can. That's what we're doing. That's what we're saying. Murder is evil. Murder is illegal. That's legislating morality. No, it's a Judeo-Christian ethic. Well, you don't like Christians, so, you know, it's yeah. the cycle. Um, but we are legislating morality. It's But at the end of the day, evil people are going to do evil things. But a changed heart through the power of Jesus Christ is going gonna, is gonna to transform the world. And I think that we just have to remember, we just can't get lost in the weeds, I think, of trying to pursue everything through the courts when before any of those things we need to be on our knees praying. And I guess I just want to make sure that as Christians we're remembering that that's what we need to do first. Because, look, I'm a doer. I like to fix things. You're Martha. Yeah. And sometimes I need to be Mary. (laughs) It's true. You know? I think that... uh, Did you just call me a girl's name? I I did. did. I did. (laughs) But... uh, I think it's fitting too. I should add that. Um, but no, I think that a, a good way to kind of think about it is, and what I would agree with is that it's important. I think the legal battles are important, but I think that what's more important is that we maintain our focus and our focus should be on Christ. And as long as that's our focus, uh, that can provide us a good center from which we we make all of our decisions. Yep. I agree. So the answer is Jesus. Yes. Yeah. 
Jesus, God, and the Bible. Jesus, God, and the Bible. Should have just started with that. Oh, man. We, we, we got there. But I think we have to work through it, and we, I think we have to wrestle with this, and I think we have to discuss this. And it was good. So anyway, well, I think the, the moral of the story is, is that it's not the only way. We do want to get rid of the evil scourge, but we want to do it in a way that, you know, if I just fight, here, and here's why. If, if it's a melting group of atheists, agnostics, and free thinkers, right, that want to eradicate Christianity, and the only way to stop this evil scourge, right, and which I'm assuming he's talking about these people, is to stand together and fight back in the courts. I might sue them, right? Maybe I'll maybe I sue them, mm-hmm. but are they still an atheist, agnostic, and a free thinker? But if I pray for them and God changes their hearts, now that would be something else. That's the real battle that's been won. Yeah, not in the courts, not in the, not in the, not the battle of the courts, the battle for their hearts. Yeah, let that sink in. That's good. I'll, I'll let it sink in. I feel like I should let that. That should be a good way to end. Right there. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's fair. Jamie, thanks for being on the show today. <laughs> we should do this again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully someone will listen to this. It, it, thank you for listening, all of you out there, to the uh, Live AD Thirty Three podcast, where we want to live in view of the cross of Christ and give current events eternal perspective. That's kind of our tagline. We didn't really hit that at the beginning, but that's what we're about and. We want to give these kinds of things, the eternal perspective of Jesus Christ. And Hey, if you liked what you heard today, that's awesome. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, go ahead and uh, hit that button. And uh, if, if you want to disagree with us or say mean things about us, you can email us at uh, live8033 at gmail.com. Uh, I'm not saying it'll make it on the show, but at least we'll know how you feel about us. Yeah, that's true. And uh, it'll be a good time. So. But uh, we really hope that you uh, were blessed by this and, and we want to do more things like this in the future and kind of wrestle with some of these topics as, as believers because we live in the real world. So so thanks for listening. The music you're listening to today is by Lee Rosevear. You can find all of his stuff at freemusicarchive.org. I'm George Hellowa. You've been listening to the Live 8033 podcast with me and Jamie Cluck, and we'll talk to you next time. God bless you. <laughs>